Dwayne Leroy Johnson was born at home in Lake Mills, Iowa to Wilford and Anna Chose Johnson on March 8, 1938. He was baptized in the same year and was confirmed in the Lutheran faith in 1952. He married Virginia Svensson on September 28, 1957 at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Albert Lee. Four children were born into this union, Rick, Marty, Reedy, and Danny. Duane is survived by his sons, Marty and Peggy Johnson and Danny Johnson, daughter-in-law Lisa Johnson, son-in-law Bruce Nelson, grandchildren Crystal and Jay Flatham, Wade and Callie Flatham, Krista Johnson, Robert and Jody Johnson, Sarah Johnson, Heather Nelson, Nicholas Johnson, Christina and Trey Talamantes, great-grandchildren Viviana, Valerie, Axel, River, Hunter, Greta, Stella, and Charlie, brother-in-law Dallas Svensson, sister-in-law Goldie and Bob Svensson, brother-in-law Lemoyne and Jody Svensson, many nieces and nephews, and his special friend Joanne Green. Duane is preceded in death by his parents, wife Virginia, son Rick, daughter Reedy Nelson, siblings Helen, Wilma, Raymond, Arthur, Sharon, David, Oliver, Elevin, Evelyn, and Roger, and his parents-in-law Lawrence and Violet Svensson. Duane, age 85, died peacefully at Thorncrest and Albert Lee, Sunday, July 9th, 2023. Blessed be his memory. Let us pray. O oh God, you have taught us your word and you continue to teach us. Thank you for bestowing the blessings of your word also on your servant, Duane. For our sin, we know that you ought to forsake us and depart from our unholiness, but we beg you not to forsake us, but to keep your promise of forgiveness in your son, Jesus Christ, who has purchased our lives for you and Duane's life for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text we meditate on for today is from the 71st Psalm, verses 17 and 18. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. When Jesus was a child, he went into the temple and he spent three days there sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Even though he was true God, according to his humanity, he humbled himself to become a pious student so that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. Jesus' brothers and sisters, Christians, follow the same pattern, coming to the temple to hear and learn and mature. Of course, we don't go to the temple in Jerusalem because that temple only pointed ahead and was fulfilled in Jesus. Instead, we go where his word is taught in its truth and purity. We go and hear the word in the divine service, receiving the forgiveness of sins and the sacrament of Jesus' body and blood. In that place, Jesus teaches his loved ones and shows his faithfulness. Duane was blessed by the church throughout his years so that he could have prayed the words of our psalm sincerely. Even into his old age, God answered that prayer for Duane, and he did not forsake him, and he preserved his word for him. There are numerous other psalms that complain to God about how he has abandoned his people or is ignoring their pain 
and they're crying. How long, O God, will you forget me forever? Groans Psalm 13. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Moans Psalm 22. The nation of Israel spent 430 years enslaved in Egypt. And during that time, Pharaoh imposed harsher and harsher labor on them. He ordered their children killed, and the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. But even when it seemed, for all intents and purposes, as though God had indeed abandoned his people, in reality, he hadn't. In fact, one of those psalms would be gasped out by Jesus on the cross when he said in Aramaic, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, meaning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God did not abandon his people, but in their place, he abandoned his own son. You see, we fear being abandoned by God because it's a very real possibility. I mean that it's a possibility because it's what we deserve. Death and suffering and loneliness and despair are all the result of the sin of Adam and Eve when they disobeyed the word of God and listened to the lies of the serpent so that God cursed them and said, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Because of their sin, they had to be driven out of the presence of God's blessed garden. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Because of sin, human beings were cut off from life, cut off from God and condemned to death. And therefore we fear death. It's a punishment. However, even through all the death and pain and suffering of human history, God has not forsaken his people. He is present to love them. He preserved a promise from the moment of the curse that salvation would come, that he would come and restore life. Hear the words of that psalm again. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. From youth, through every day of life, until old age, and even unto death, God preserved his word. For us, a lifetime feels like a long time. But for God, another psalm sings, for a thousand years in your sight, are like yesterday when it is past. That psalm goes on in what might sound like fairly dark and terrifying tones. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Similarly, the prophet Isaiah said this, All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God stands forever. Think of it then, a whole lifetime, every moment from youth until gray hairs, how long did any moment last? As you think back to the memories, 
that you have of Duane, there are surely some of those memories that loom larger than the rest, some of that have penetrated into your heart with greater significance than the rest. But which of those moments matter? As it stands on our own, our lives are as insignificant dust. And yet this psalm, which I want you to imagine on the lips of your beloved father, grandfather, great-grandfather and friend Duane, says, O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. What matters and what endures is the word of God. Yet another psalm sings this, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. And it says, Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. For Duane, the law of God, the word of God was his delight, and so he did not perish in his affliction. God did not forsake him. Instead, Duane did declare God's wondrous works. And this results in a twofold continuation of Duane's life. On the one hand, Duane's life continues because God redeemed him. Duane lives on his spirit in heavenly bliss while his body sleeps here on earth and soon in the earth until the last day when Jesus returns and restores all things to a perfect glory, raising Duane in a perfect body, calling him to wake up so that he may live forever in the eternal mansions. And on the other hand, this eternal life is offered to you too, to the next generation. Duane's prayer, remember, in this psalm was that God continue to be with him until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. And Duane declared it to you. And in this Christian funeral service, this is the purpose of it, that this is one more instance, the parting moment, in which Duane one more time will declare the strength and power of God to you. Duane's legacy continues, therefore, in those who heard the word of God from him or saw how it worked in Duane's life and who also believe in Jesus and look forward to the same eternal life that through Jesus' death he won for you. The word came to Duane in baptism, and in that moment he died to sin and came to life in Jesus. And now that life is accomplished. Duane has reached the completion of his baptism, which also was maintained in his life by reading and hearing God's word, receiving the forgiveness of sins, eating and drinking Jesus' body and blood. Now all that's left is for Jesus to come and wake Duane up one last time, something he has promised to do for him and for you in his word. Amen. O God, the Father in heaven, have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Spirit, true comforter, have mercy upon us and grant us your peace. Amen.